Good to see y'all. Well, let's, uh, let's go back. Let's go back. Thank you, Elizabeth, for that song. Where'd she go? There you are. She, uh, we were texting earlier this week, and she was asking me what I'd like to hear. And uh, any of y'all like listening to music? Any of y'all like listening to praise and worship? All right. Good stuff. All right. Let's get going. Let's pray. Father, thank you this morning for uh, yesterday it was a monsoon outside. And today you kind of lightened up on us and uh, allowed us to come in here without being wet. No guarantee that we won't get wet coming out of here, though. But thank you for allowing us to be here. Thank you for giving us another day. Lord, thank you for your word. And as we uh, chew on some of your meat, may it be nourishing to our bodies, as it always is. Uh, May you move me out of the way and let your voice be heard clear. In Jesus' name, amen. All righty. So. I'm going to talk about something that pastor almost stepped on my toes on. Did you know that before you did the uh, your PowerPoint, you see how I kind of think alike? He does that every time, though. Um, I am uh, pretty excited about what I'm going to share with you guys today. And, and it's, we'll be done within the next hour and a half. I'll get you guys out of here. Yeah, in hour three, we, we, no, just kidding. Um, no, I'm going to be brief with you th- today. Is that cool? All right, so not that brief, though. So, um, any of y'all ever heard the uh, saying, don't bring a gun to a sword fight? Knife fight, sword fight. Any of y'all ever heard that? Okay, any of you all know what that means? It says to come poorly prepared or equipped for a task, goal, competition, or confrontation. See, we have to be prepared, and that's kind of where I got the title of the sermon, On Guard, Be On Guard. And praise the Lord that we're here, because when we come to church, we're basically saying, Lord, help prepare me to stay on guard for the coming week, the coming months, the rest of the year. Allow something to be penetrated in my heart that I can use for the rest of my life. So let's, let's be on guard. Why am I going too fast? Boy, these PowerPoint things. Okay. Now, this this thing I got from um, someone I heard uh, about a month ago, and it's a from Calvin Coolidge. It says, "Nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not." The world is full of educated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. You ever notice how we can sometimes get so persistent in different areas of our life, but when it comes to uh, learning about Christ, growing ourselves in the Word, it's not as persistent? You ever notice that? That was, uh, thank you, all right. (laughs) Y'all like, man, why you had to hit me like that? Okay, so y'all recover, recover, okay. But even in the area of finances, 
Okay, okay, okay. How many of y'all married? I know all y'all are married. So anyway, remember when you were um, courting your spouse? How persistent you were? All you did was think about your spouse and couldn't wait to call them and couldn't wait to see them. Remember that? Can, can we, can, can you guys work with me real quick? Imagine how it would be if we were like that at pursuing God. Imagine that. Imagine how on fire you would be. Imagine how many people you could attract to you because of Christ. In that equation, now that you just thought, in that equation, do you have any thoughts of, I'm going to miss out on something. It's not going to be fun. It's, that didn't come to mind, did it? And if it did, we really got to get into this. But just imagine where we can be if we pursue Christ with persistence and determination. When we get to the point in our lives and we're not on guard, here's some of the things that happen. I'll take this from Mark chapter 4, verse 19. And I know in your bulletins it says Jude and 2 John. I'm going to get to that. But Mark chapter 4 says, Then the cares and anxieties of the world and distractions of the age and the pleasure and delight and false glamour, and deceitfulness, and riches, and the craving and passionate desire for other things creep in and choke, suffocate the word, and it becomes fruitless. God will give us the desires of our heart because they're from him. This doesn't mean that pleasures, riches, Cravings and passionate desires are wrong things. Sometimes we can get that confused. We just can't allow them to become more important than God in obeying his word. Amen? That's where it becomes a conflict. Because when your spouse becomes more important than God, you got an issue. When your children become more important than God, you got an issue. When your job becomes more important than God, you got an issue. The moment we stop moving closer to Jesus, we always start drifting away from Jesus. There's no, I'm, 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 I'm just stable, I'm going to just stay right here. There's no, you can't stand in one place. You're either moving closer or you're drifting away. So if you're doing things that cause you not to get closer to God, you automatically are drifting away from God. That's not politically correct, but it's true. We're surrounded by ungodliness, the world, the flesh, and the devil, and his minions. So we're in a battle. Our body and our mind will submit to the pleasures that we are confronted with Every day, if we do not stay on guard through prayer and studying God's word and have fruitful association, we'll drift automatically. 
and we'll become fruitless. I know, you guys, you know, I, I, it's, I don't want to make today's uh, message one where you're like, okay, here we go again. He, yeah, he beat me over the head with the word. I'm not doing right. I, I, don't want to, I, don't want to, I don't want this message to be like that. I want this to be, I want this to be light, understandable, edible, but I also want you to realize, you know what, that's true. I got to stay on guard. Amen? What's that, uh, what's that saying, the, uh, that verse? The devil is like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. When you drift away, you're left from up underneath the umbrella of protection. He's going to tear you up. So, you ever, you ever get to the point in your life and you ever feel like you're at the edge of a cliff? You know, you're just, you're out there, you're dangling, you're hanging, you're going through so much stuff. Uh, a lot of us, man, we were, we were talking about a lot of stuff at the, at the retreat and, uh, a lot of us have been through a lot. That congregation, leadership, we, a lot of challenges over the last year or two. I'm not going to go down a long list of stuff, but all you have to do is keep living. Yeah, y'all do me a favor and say keep living. Keep living. All you have to do is keep living and things will happen. Things that you're going to have to overcome. You're going to go through stuff. There's going to be doom and gloom. Uh, you're going to ask yourself, why me? You're going to sometimes maybe get to the point that you might feel like being depressed. You're going to feel trapped sometimes with fear. Uh, you're going to be feeling overwhelmed at times. Uh, you're going to have points where you're exhausted and you feel out. How many of y'all ever feel outnumbered? When, you, when you're doing something, you're trying to accomplish something, you just feel like you're outnumbered, you're never going to be able to accomplish this because nothing is going the way that you want it to go. You got to stay on guard and you have to remember that God is true. When we were, some, one of the things that we were discussing at, the, uh, at, 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 at our retreat is that we have to challenge each other. We have to challenge each other to dig deep, to stay on guard, uh, no matter how tired we are. We have to reach out, serve, protect, stand in the gap, and love the body. You can't, when, when things go wrong, you can't say, give an excuse or give, a, give an answer and say, well, I was just tired. Your neighbor, he's a good guy. Not that good that pastor preached on a couple of weeks ago. But he's a good guy. But he died and went to hell. Uh, didn't you live next to him? Yeah, yeah. You ever share Christ with him? Share the gospel with him? No, I just, you know, when I get home from work, I'm just tired. And Satan's like, way to go. Way to go. So we've got to stay on guard. We can't allow excuses. We've got to be persistent and consistent. 1 Corinthians 
chapter 10, verse 19, it says, The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out, an escape route, so that you can endure it. So there's always going to be that, man, this, I'm on the edge. I don't, I don't see any way out of here. There's always, he always makes a way out, amen? You just have to trust, have faith, stand in his word. Not fear, because he is there. Not fear, because he is there. No matter how bad it looks, be persistent in trusting the Lord. Hold to God's promises. And 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 21, it says, For God has made Jesus to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Do y'all believe that? That we might be made the righteousness. Therefore, if you have accepted Christ, Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you have been made righteous. You have, man, that makes me shout. You have been made righteous. So no matter what somebody tries to tell you, your bus, boss calls you into the office and, and, and chews you out, you have been made righteous. No matter how, how you scored on your test, you have been made righteous. You can do better. You can correct it. No matter how bad your finances are, you have been made righteous. Amen? Jude one through, 17 through 23, it says, But you, my dear friend, must remember what the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ predicted. They told you that in the last times there will be scoffers whose purpose in life is to satisfy their ungodly desires. These people are the ones who are creating division among you. They follow their natural instincts because they do not have God's spirit in them. But you, dear friends, must build each other up in the most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and wait, await the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourself safe in God's love and you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy to steal others, but do so with great caution, hating the sins that contaminate their lives. This is being on guard. Right here, this is being on guard. Building each other up. Man, we should be building each other up. We should be showing each other mercy. We should be rescuing those that are lost, sharing the gospel with them. I believe that believers can sometimes spend too much time tearing each other down. 
when we should be building each other up, encouraging each other. It says, do not let any uncorruptible word proceed first out of your mouth. I believe we should be encouraging one another. Believing. Now, I'm not saying that we're all Mr. Goody and Mrs. Goody two-shoes where you never do anything wrong and you don't have to be called, called out. But there's a way of doing that properly in Matthew 18. But realistically, I believe believers spend too much time, too much time talking about one another. In 2 John chapter 1, verse 5 through 6, it says, Now I ask you, lady, not as if I were writing to you a new commandment, but simply reminding you of the one which we have had from the beginning, that we love and unselfishly seek the best for one another. And this is love, that we walk in accordance with his commands and are guided continually by his precepts. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, that you should always walk in love. We should be persistent in being an example of God's love. We should be persistent and consistent. We ought to be on guard because our enemy can slip Slip in during those times where we're tired, where we're at our weakest, where you hear the little whisper in your ear sometimes where you may hear, you know, you're not good enough or don't even go around that person or why are you even bothering? Uh, you don't need to show them love. That's from the enemy. That's not love. That's not love. You all know the definition of love. Love is patient. Love is kind. That, that, that means if love is patient, then that means you're going to have to go through a bunch of impatient times. If love is kind, that means that love is going to have to put up with unkind people. Right? Love endures. That means you're going to have to grunt it out. We have to always, I, I love when Pastor went through the, the sermon, he, he talked about the, the man on the, on the cross next to Jesus. How did he make that transition so quickly? From talking about him and then saying, hush now, what are you doing? This guy is, he can save us. I think when we read God's word, we always have to look at what's not being said. And we have to understand, and that's when you read through it so quickly, you can, you can miss out on what God's really, really trying to teach us. God's love is enduring, it's patient, it's kind. All those things, which means the opposite, meaning you're going to have to, listen, you're going to have to grow in endurance and kindness. You're going to have to stay on guard because you're going to be challenged. God's love, that doesn't mean God's love is wimpy. That doesn't mean you let people walk all over you. You know, you, know, you, you see those pictures, and <laughs> Hope and I, we were over at our dad's house this week, and, you know, you, you see pictures of, you know, the, the depicted of Jesus, and he's there with a tear in his eye. 
and he looks so weak, you know. And then there's the angels, and they like the fat, chubby babies with the arrows. And it's like, really? That's not how I see an angel. Because in the Old Testament, the angels would come and, and, and be visual. And what would happen to the people that would see them? They would bow. They would say, oh, my God, this, this must be time. <laughs> that doesn't look like a fat, chubby Cupid doll. That's not love, right? Because love is enduring, it's patient, it's kind. Love can put up with that. Love is meek. It's strength under fire. That's what we got. That's who Jesus is. That's what we were born into. For a time of coming, uh, when people will no longer listen, there's, there's going to be a time when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should stand clear. Keep your mind focused in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering. Don't be afraid of enduring for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and be fully carried about with God's work. That's 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 through 5. We're in a time right now where a lot of Christians have fallen asleep. A lot of Christians aren't on guard because they've been lured away by the tickling of their ear. You know, I, I'm tired. I should be able to do what I want to do. Those folks over there, for some reason, I believe that a lot of Christians think that being a born-again believer is not cool, is boring. Um, uh, it's not popular. Unfortunately, they're not going to hell saying that. But their reward won't be one that God really wants to give them. Chicago land, we have to stay on guard. No matter what the world is out there doing. Listen, listen, listen. The world, we're not of this world. The world, we're at war with the world. World, flesh, Satan and his minions. Those, that's, if you're a baseball fan, you probably watched the Cubs last night and you were like, ah. So the L.A. Dodgers is the world, the flesh, and the devil. Cubs, Holy Spirit, Jesus, God. Right? So, who are you going to root for? 
unless you're from L.A. Well, who are you going to root for? <laughs> hey, hey. So, you know, a lot of things that you see in, in church these days, it's not, it's not cool, it's not popular a lot of times. And sometimes we, we want to we get like the world. We have to stay on guard. We have to make sure that we don't, we don't implement the world's ideas into the church because we'll look no different. We'll be fruitless. We have to stay on guard. That's not to say that there are things that we, we do that we are going to have a lot of fun. The number one way we're going to have fun is we're going to be in glory. The other way we're going to have fun is, remember, well, let's go back to the beginning of my message where I was talking about when you were pursuing your spouse or when you got to raise at your job or you were pursuing that new job or your first job or um, whatever it is that was really, really, you were passionate about chasing. The excitement that you got when you achieved that. Remember your, your wedding day, man? Remember that? I cried like a baby at my wedding day. Yep. Hope's mother said, what are you crying for? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Because I was so excited. I was so thankful. And it's been 21 years. Praise the Lord. When we do what God wants us to do, there's that that joy that we had back then, but even more important, we're doing it for him and we're making him look good. If we move ourselves out of the way and remember the big picture, it's not a big deal. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you this morning for uh, your word and how you want us to stay on guard. There's so many obstacles out there. You know, let us not get caught up in those things. We may get, we may, you know, fall upon a, you know, a sign that tells us to, there's a detour or whatever, but Lord, help us stay on track. We are not perfect, but when you look at us, because of what Jesus did for us, we are perfect. So we thank you for that, Lord, and because of that, we should passionately run towards you. We should passionately Study your word. We should passionately want to do your work. No matter how tired we are. No matter how uncool it may seem at the time. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done. And, Lord, I pray if there's anybody that does not know Christ in this room, Lord, I pray that they would uh, come to the day, maybe today, hopefully today, maybe tomorrow, maybe tonight. Don't take too long. We're not promised tomorrow. But they would come to say, you know what, I think, I think it's time. Lord, forgive me for being so stubborn. Lord, forgive me for not answering the call when you have been nudging me. But boy, oh, he's a forgiving God. He won't hold it against you. Say, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for all that you've done in my life and what you're going to do. Use use them as a vessel to further the kingdom. 
So, Lord, we thank you this, this morning, this afternoon, that we get a chance to come and worship you in spirit and in truth and collectively sing praises and honor due to you. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And all the church said, amen.